Hello, welcome to the podcast of Odessa First Assembly. I'm Pastor Todd Starnes. Today is a special message brought to us by my wife, Angela Starnes, and this is our Mother's Day message. Again, if you want more information about us, just go to odessafirst.com or any of the social media platforms. But let's jump right into this week's message. So, um, how many of you are an only child? Do we have any only children in the house? Okay. All right. So, just a few. Just a few, right? Okay. How, so, that means the rest of us have siblings. Obviously, if you're not an only child, you have siblings. Um, how many of you are the favorite? <laughs> oh, some of you are like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> so, um, did anybody have arguments over who was the favorite growing up? Did y'all? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we did. My, I have two siblings. My brother and I are three years apart and then three and a half years, and then um, my sister was born when I was 12 and he was nine, and so um, my brother and I fought a whole lot more. <laughs> we fought a lot. <laughs> I have apologized to my parents on numerous occasions now that I have kids, and um, so he, but he was just so ornery. He would get into my stuff and, you know, just, oh, so annoying, but he would say that I was very bossy, I don't know why he gets that, you know, <laughs> where he got that. Um, so we didn't fight as much with our younger sister, except they fought over the remote. That was like the big deal. Now, man, we have apps, so we could just change it anyway, right? No. <laughs> um, so we did have um, our sibling rivalry for sure. Um, did, did anybody ever say, like, you were the favorite or that you were loved the most? Anybody, you know? kind of give them a hard time. I don't really remember doing that specifically, um, but we did, I did say, well, they loved me first. (laughs) I couldn't say they loved me the most, because, I mean, that would just be mean, but they loved me first, you know, and then I had it figured out. I must have been learning fractions during this argument, but um, I was like, well, Dad loves us with half of his heart, and he loves you with a fourth of his heart and me with a fourth of his heart. So I'm pretty sure I was learning fractions. And my dad said it straight and said, no, I love you with all my heart. I love Chris with all my heart. I love Mom with all my heart. I was like, okay, I'm kind of getting this a little bit. Um, our kids sometimes have said that we have favorites. You know, they're like, well, you know. In fact, it's been said, well, he's your favorite, and she's his favorite, and I'm just left out on my own. I was like, no, that is not true. We love every one of you. You're all um, special. Now, um, but, you know, I will have to say that I'm going to settle it today, and if you have pictures, if they're able to be seen, and if you know Shaylee, uh, I'm going to set it straight today that she's my favorite. And I did warn Kaylee beforehand so she wouldn't be hurt. But she is definitely my favorite because um, she's, she's already grown. She's, I'm so proud of her. She's living for the Lord. She's going to tech. She's making straight A's. She's passionately loving and serving Jesus. And um, she's, she's doing well. She's getting ready to go on a, a trip abroad to, to further this calling. And, and so I'm so proud of her. She's very gifted and talented. And so she is definitely my favorite. Um, when, b- 
before we had Chase, and we had little Shaylee, she was, I mean, she was all we had at that point. <laughs> that was the look. We loved that look. <laughs> when we had Shaylee, um, you know, and then we were going to have Chase, and I thought, I, I don't know if I'm going to love another child as much as I love him, uh, love her. Did anybody ever feel that way at first? You're like, I, I don't know. And so I remember holding him thinking, do I love him as much as I do Shaylee? And, well, you know what? I realized that my parents were able to muster up enough love for the other kids, so apparently I think I'm going to be able to, too. And so now I guess I can say that Chase is my favorite because I can't imagine um, life without Chase. I mean, he gives the greatest hugs. He is, um, if you ever have been around him, you know, you know that. He loves and follows Jesus. He's quick to repent. He's so um, make things right. He's talented. He's bold in sharing his faith with people of different backgrounds. And so he is my favorite well, we didn't think we were going to have any more kids. We thought, I thought, I don't think I can handle, I don't think I can handle anymore because Chase was living up to his name, and it was not to chase after God like we had planned. We were chasing him like crazy through the store. I mean, I thought, oh, boy. And so, um, anyway, and then we found out Kaylee was coming along, and I laughed for nine months, honestly. <laughs> I laughed and laughed and laughed. And... Um, I knew that God was going to send us a bundle of joy, and he did. She has brought so much joy. She makes us laugh. And so now, Kaylee, you're my favorite. <laughs> um, she prays for her friends and is seeing God move in them. She's worked so hard and is serving on the worship team and doing lessons with the toddlers every week, And except today. She didn't have to go back today. She's, um, she just loves, she loves Jesus, loves people, and so... Now they know that they're actually all, all my favorite, right? Um, one time I did tell my kids, I said, well, the one who needs me the most is my favorite. Do you relate to that? I mean, like at that moment when, when this child is, is needing you, when, um, when your daughter had a baby, you were there, when, you know, when uh, whatever the situation is, you, you go to them. If they scrape their knee, Everybody else just has to wait because it's right that moment. That's your favorite, right? They need you. I told my kids that, that. And what it came from when I said that the one who needs me the most is my favorite. Well, it came from whenever I was teaching. It was my first year teaching. And there was this little boy, and he was um, a lot smaller than all the other kids. He was struggling in school, and so... Um, I worked really hard with him, and by the end of the year, the students started calling him the teacher's pet, and I remember him just kind of throwing his head back like, yeah, what of it, you know, like, it was like so cute, and I, so I told my students, I said, the one who needs me the most, that's the teacher's pet, because at that moment, that's who needs us the most, and um, so the unlikely, the unlikely one sometimes um, in that case, but um, the, the truth is that um, hopefully you're going to see what this is coming to, that we're God's favorite, that you are God's favorite. And, um, but I, I want to say, though, too, that if anybody knows me, you know that my church family is my favorite, too. <laughs> I love y'all so much. I was looking through my pictures, and I don't know if there's going to be some just scrolling through. Y'all, I had I have 14,700 28 pictures in this file 
And I was looking through. I have so many pictures. I have so many pictures of all of y'all that you would not believe. I mean, sometimes I'll just step back and just take a picture. I'm like, I don't want to miss this moment right here, like this concert this week. And everybody just giving their all. It's like, look at them. And so I take, take a picture like that. It was like that mom, that mom thing. Um, because, man, y'all are just so special to me. So I have all these pictures. I don't really know what I'm going to do with them all because... It says that my iCloud will no longer take any more pictures, and so I'm like, <laughs> I really need to do something about that. I know. it's Maybe I need some intervention, but um, the point of this illustration is that you're God's favorite. If you were to have, if God were to have a refrigerator, your name and your picture would be all over it, but he doesn't really need a refrigerator because he sees you and, and is is looking at you and, and watching you and seeing how wonderful you are. In fact, he's engraved us in the palms of his hands. I mean, he is um, always showing that you are his favorite. If, um, so we're going to read a, a passage of scripture. And I love, I love this story that my, my little student I was talking about kind of made me think of Zacchaeus. And so we're going to be talking about Zacchaeus, but I want, us to, I want us to pray now. Lord, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you for just the gift of life. We thank you that we are here today, Lord. We know that it is a miracle that we are here today, and we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would help us to, um, to hear your word today, that we would be good soil, and that we would see um, just what you want to speak to us. Lord, I pray that we would realize our place with you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So we're going to see through the Bible today, in, God, in God's Word, that he did have favorites. And he does have favorites. And you're one of those. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that exciting? You are one of God's favorites. And we're going to read in Luke chapter 19, if you want to turn there. And... If you grew up in church and you've already heard the name Zacchaeus, is anybody already wanting to sing that song? <laughs> Candy is. Okay, let's sing it. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed this way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down. For I'm going to your house today. For I'm going to your house today. How many of you were singing along? Okay. All right. <laughs> well, now the rest of you have learned the song about Zacchaeus. <laughs> and so, actually, um, if I hear that name, I, I have to sing it too. So, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. He who is Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all grumbled. He has gone to be, in the, be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, 
Behold, Lord, half of the goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today, to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So I want you to picture this with me. Zacchaeus is, um, is caught. There's a huge crowd. Jesus is coming in, and um, the crowd is huge. Zacchaeus is curious because he's never met Jesus. He has um, he's maybe heard about him, and um, because he was so short, he knew he wasn't going to be able to see him. He was going to get caught up in the crowd, and, and so he didn't want to miss it. So he runs up ahead where he knew Jesus was going to be passing by, and he climbs up into the sycamore tree, <laughs> and, and he just waits. He sees him from afar. So then here comes Jesus in the middle of this massive crowd, and of all the people that he can see, he sees Zacchaeus. And he looks up there and he says, he calls his name, he says, Zacchaeus. And I'm just, I'm just imagining what Zacchaeus felt at that moment. The moment he calls his name, Zacchaeus. And he's like, he knows my name? I mean, so that means the rumors must be true. Like, he, how did he know me? He probably knows everything I've done. Only God could do that. So all of this, like in just that moment of being called by name, he realizes that there's something different about him. And Jesus says, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he rushes down, and he's so happy. I just, I can imagine that, that wee little man um, just looking up. I mean, the whole crowd is is like, who does he think he is? I mean, they're saying all this stuff about him. I mean, he's the one that, that defrauded them. I mean, nobody likes him. Um, he's kind of the, I mean, nobody wants to be around him. And yet he maybe throws his shoulders back, and he comes down from that tree, and he joyfully receives Jesus and then starts confessing and making things right with God, like right there and, and in that moment. He realized that moment that out of this entire crowd, he was the favorite. He was picked out of a crowd just to, just to, to come follow Jesus. And so, you know, throughout Scripture, there are so many other encounters that prove this point. That he called out John, he, John the one he loved, Peter upon this rock, and when he had turned away from, from Jesus, and, and he called him back and said, go tell the disciples and Peter that I'm here. I mean, he, he restored him. He called him by name. Paul, who was the chief of sinners, I mean, he stops him in his tracks in the middle of the road and turns his life around. There was a woman with the issue of blood that he stopped in the middle of a crowd to heal. There was a woman caught in adultery that he took time for and, and called her and said, um, said to go and sin no more, that, that he met her and, and called her by name. Um, there, were, there was the woman at the well. There was the invalid, the blind, the lepers, the unclean, the tax collectors, the beggars. All of these encountered Jesus. There was the demon-possessed. There was the dead. There were the betrayers. And there were children. I love this. I had to put that in there, too, because... Even the children who were, who were supposed to be, just leave Jesus alone. You're just bothering him. 
instead, he was called. He, was, he said, no, come to me. Um, this is the kingdom of heaven right here. He loved them all, and he called them all into relationship. But I want you to know, too, that you are also his favorite. And the reason I know that is because of three parables that Jesus told. He told the, the stories of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son. <laughs> I was thinking while I go, there was a little lost, lost kid back there a minute ago. I was like, I'm late to be up there. And um, I was helping him find his way back to the kids. So anyway, um, so in Luke chapter 15, we're going to, I was just going to summarize it, but I decided to go ahead and read it um, because I believe it really speaks to three, three kinds of people that we may be. And it demonstrates what Jesus said that for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. In Luke chapter 15, in verse 1, it, it was the tax collectors and sinners drawing near to him, and they um, started grumbling and saying that he's eating with all these sinners. And so he starts to tell this parable in verse 4. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing, and when he comes home, he calls together all his friends, neighbors, and saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you that there will be many more, much more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Um, in that story, well, Pastor Todd talked about this last week makes me think of the one that has kind of wandered off. Maybe they lost their way. Maybe they were led astray. And then there's the parable of the lost coin, verse 8. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. <clears throat> when I think of the lost coin, that coin being so valuable that the owner searches, shines a light, cleans, does everything possible to find that lost coin. When I think of that lost coin, that lost coin can't do anything on its own. It can't get out of darkness by itself. It has to be searched for. And so sometimes we do have to go search for that lost coin. They, they didn't willfully go out, I don't think. I think they just maybe haven't encountered the light yet. And so when we go um, to do missions and when we send missionaries, they're going into those dark places, but there are also people in dark places that are right here. And then the last one is the parable of the prodigal son. And he said, verse 11, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the, young, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and began, he began to be in need. 
So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired, hand, hired servants will have more than enough bread, but I perish out here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was a long way away, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. And bring, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this, is my, this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. And, of course, the older one doesn't really like what's happening. And so the father has to tell him. He says, look, um, at verse 31, um, son, you were always with me. And that all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for you. There, this, your brother, was dead and is alive. He is, was lost and is found. I believe in that situation, he's showing him, this is my favorite. Yes, you are my favorite. You've been my favorite, but so is he. So then, um, you know, the lost son, I think, of the one that willfully walked away, that knew what he was doing, and he took his own path and walked away. But the moment that, that that young man, though he was broke, smelly, undeserving of his father's love, his father ran to meet him and took him in and embraced him and, and um, gave him clean clothes and food and celebrated and called everybody else in and threw a huge party because his favorite was home. So... In these situations, and in so many times, and, you know, when you think of maybe back on your life, you may think of times that God has maybe called you out and spoken to you, and you can, you can identify with that, that God has shown you that you're his favorite. Like, you didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve this. But, but he has given us, he's blessed us, he's taken care of us, he's walked through us, through things with us. And shown us that we are his favorite. But, but the question, too, is not just are we his favorite. But then when we're confronted with that, that moment, and what we're going to see again with Zacchaeus is that will you pick him as your favorite? Because when he becomes your favorite, I mean, it's like nobody else matters at that moment. You want your life to, to be shown that you, he is your favorite. What Zacchaeus did is he responded to Jesus calling him. When Jesus called him out and said, Zacchaeus, come down. And Zacchaeus went immediately and, and turned away from his, his life. He didn't just sit in the tree and wave. I mean, just imagine, he's just sitting up there, no, it's all right, I'll catch you on the flip side, Jesus, we'll see you when you come back through, see you later. I mean, no, he didn't. I mean, he came down, and, 
and confessed of his sins and said, come in. He welcomed him in. He said, okay, Jesus, you're my favorite. You just showed me in front of all these people that I'm your favorite. And now in front of all these people, I say that you're my favorite. Amen? Oh, my goodness. That just got me so excited because I, I know that many of us here today can remember the moment when we decided that he was our favorite. When we heard that call, maybe you were older in your life. Um, Todd talks a lot about his, that moment. He remembers the day that he con- just committed his life to the Lord and his life changed. I was six years old. And just because a child is six years old doesn't mean that they don't need Jesus. We are all born in sin. And even though I may not have committed any murders or anything like that, I still had sin in my life. And I had to confess my sin before Jesus and ask him to be the Lord of my life. And I remember that moment. How many of you remember that moment? Yeah. I love, if you've ever heard um, Brother Paul's story um, when he was in India, and, and he, he talks about when he first heard the voice of the Lord. He said that's when he was introduced to Jesus, that when he met him the first time, he didn't know him yet, though. And I think of Zacchaeus, that, that moment when he was called out um, by Jesus. His, his story is, is amazing. Um, but today, I think that some of us may have been sitting in that tree too long, just kind of just waving, you know, just... Okay, yeah, that's cool. Wow, that's really awesome. Wow, look at him go by. That's really awesome. But we're, we haven't come down yet and, and really submitted to when Jesus called, calls us out. Um, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rabbit trail for just a second here because um, it was just an opportunity to, to vent a little bit. No, <laughs> have you ever asked a question? Okay, especially if you... If you do have kids or if you're married and maybe you've had this, 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 um, this happen to you and you, you ask a question and then there's no answer. Has that happened to anybody else? Has that ever happened to anybody else? Okay. You're just like, did my voice come out? Like, did it, maybe they didn't hear me, you know, (laughs) maybe they didn't hear me. Your kids, like you're, you're like, okay, um, well, I'll try it again. And you say it a little louder. And sometimes I'm like, well, don't yell at me. I'm like, I'm not yelling. I'm just trying to say it louder because apparently you didn't hear me the first time. Um, sometimes just I, after I've waited a little while, I'm like, okay, I almost forgot what my question was, so I'm just going to walk away now. <laughs> um, so sometimes that happens, right? Well, I want you to know that when we hear Jesus calling us out, when we don't answer, we're really answering. Like, there's not any of this, well, I'm trying, well, I'm thinking about, you know, I mean, I I know that we do have to think about it, and sometimes we are, like, there is a lot to think about. I mean, definitely, um, the Scripture says that for us to to weigh what we are doing whenever we're, we're committing our lives to Christ, but we, when we don't answer to that call, what we really are saying is, no, no, not now, no, just, it's just kind of like a wave um, as, as Jesus is going by, but the thing is, um, you know, Jesus, he, you are his favorite, 
You are. Oh, we were talking about this week, Elena. Weren't we talking to your sister this week about the favorites? We were. <laughs> um, but the thing is, God um, has already done everything for us. He sent his only son. In John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If you have not memorized that scripture, John 3.16, if maybe you're new in faith, that is the scripture you need to memorize today. It is the scripture, like the foundation of everything because he showed us that we are his favorite by what he did for us. Um, and that whoever, that whoever believes in him, that includes me. That includes you, every one of us. He did that for us. The moment Zacchaeus surrendered to Jesus, Jesus made such a beautiful announcement. And as we were singing earlier today, um, and actually, y'all could go ahead and come on up for the, with the worship team. When we were singing that song, I Speak Jesus, um, Jesus for my family, I was thinking of, of these words that what Jesus said to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus surrendered all to Jesus, and Jesus made this announcement. He said, today salvation has come to this house. You see, when we make things right with God, we're not the only one impacted. We're all impacted, everyone around us. And I love to hear the story about when Betty, when Todd's mom, my mother-in-law, gave her heart to Jesus. And um, that impacted your entire family, like her whole family. And she clung to the scriptures that her family would all be saved. But what he said is, today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And so today, as we, as we close, we're going to have a time of prayer. And I do, at, at the end, we're going to give these little gifts to you. It's a little frame, and it says, you're my favorite. And it says, John 3, 16, 5, 8, 22. It's just a little reminder that you're his favorite. That, and when you see this, I want you to think, am I living as his favorite Am I, am I showing that he's my favorite? John 3.16 is actually a, a two-way love letter. It's almost like um, it, it, I remember this little boy. He was so cute. I was already in college, and this little boy sends me a note. He says, I love you. Do you love me? Check uh, uh, yes or no, circle one. <laughs> and he was this little boy. I was like, oh, that's so cute. But this, this scripture, John 3.16 is a two-way thing, isn't it? Like he gave us, and so that whoever believes in him. So it's like that yes or no, circle one. And today, I think that some of us are going to circle yes today, that we're going to, to respond to that. So today, Jesus is calling us, like he called out to Zacchaeus in the middle of a crowd, and he wants us to know him. He wants you to know that you're his favorite. Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. When you say Jesus is Lord, it's saying, You are my number one. You're my favorite. 
You're the one I want to live for. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us. It's such an honor that you would listen to our podcast. I hope and pray that you are ministered to in a very special way. Don't forget, this goes out on several different platforms. It goes out Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean. If you would, like, share, help us get the word out. If you want more information about us, just go to odessafirst.com or any of the social media platforms. God bless you.